Hey guys, this is Kim with the Soul Sense Podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest. And you have your wingman. You're supposed to say Melvin. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Your wingman, Melvin. <laughs> no. <laughs> how y'all doing? I'm about to say, you going to say something to the yeah, people? Yeah, <laughs> how y'all doing? So we're... Uh, Recording this podcast and videotaping this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we've done it a couple of times, but just didn't release the videotape of the whole thing. So we may or may not do it here. We're uh, trying out new equipment and just trying to get it going. So mm-hmm. we shall see. Yeah. And he got the switchboard in my lap and I'm like, what What do I do with my hands? I, 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 do, what, what did, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel awkward. <laughs> so if y'all see me looking down, I've got my. Uh, phone here that I'm using to monitor the the video so I can uh, start, stop, and do whatever. So I'm not just looking off. Yeah, I don't, I'm just, I just show up. I've I've been telling y'all that. So anyways, want to get on off into it? Yeah. uh, What's, what's been going on? What's going on? What's going on? I guess since, so we just finished up the three-part series, which we have been releasing, you know, week by week. So I guess the last time we've come on here, it was before spring break and all that stuff. So it's been a couple of things that's been happening. So we went out of town, me and the girls went out of town um, on a road trip. That was interesting. And I think we did talk about that. Just talk about now. What's been going on this week? Uh, I just, in the world okay, so I just came off of the best weekend, one of the best weekends. Um, our church group, the ladies all decided probably back at the end of January that we wanted to have some time, um, just to get away, distraction free. And, uh, we ended up finding a cabin in the middle of pretty much nowhere. Um, but it was safe. And, um, we stayed for 24 hours. All the women are married. Um, just about everybody has children except for one sister. Um, but it was just refreshing. We went up there. We sang. We worshiped. We prayed. We went on a nature walk, We a prayer walk. And, you know, we just really got to know each other. And it was fun because... Some of the ladies in the group, I guess maybe a couple of ladies in the group had never as a girl gone to like a sleepover. And I was like, oh, come sit by me because your girl had the sleepovers on on lock. I mean, just so it was fun. And um, I had a good friend, another sister that goes to our church that's not in the group. She helped me with the logistics and really just brought the vision to life. And so... It was just really, really nice. And, you know, I I realized I was telling Melvin that as grown women, I was telling my mom this too, like as grown women, we don't get that like female time. Like you may go out on a, 
maybe like a lunch or maybe like go get drinks on a happy hour or something like that. Maybe somebody may come by your house or something, but like it was, we were literally 24 hours. It was just girl time. It was six of us. So we were paired up. We, whoever your partner was, you, you know, it was just kind of natural. Everybody just tried to get to know each other a lot better. We shared the same bed it was just fun, and it was a beautiful cabin, beautiful, beautiful cabin. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was excited for you to go. I know you were. Uh, the way Kimberly is, is she gets she's a overachiever and an overplanner, and she'll always be like, "Is this enough? Is this? she's making these t-shirts by hand and these bags and all of this kind of stuff?" And uh, yeah, I just was like, "Man, what do you?" What do you mean? Is it enough? This is going to be great. You know. What well, I, mean? see, I thought it was going to be like corny and stuff. Nah, I knew people would like it. The thing that I was definitely impressed by was you relinquished some of the control. Mm. Um, mm, and we had a sister named Pre, and she's hopefully going to start a business. She doing is, this. and I actually am going to leak her information below. <laughs> yeah, but she put on this uh, event for them, and this was one of the. Kimberly's always planning stuff, but this one, it seemed like um, you really got a lot out of because you didn't have to be over it. And it mm-hmm. seemed like everything that you, the vision that you guys painted for her, she she brought it to fruition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was funny because, you know, the, the day that we were leaving, of course, you have to like clean up just like in a hotel, you kind of like, you know, straighten up, pack all your stuff up and, you know, pre had brought like decor but it wasn't like your balloons and your banners like she was bringing like plants and you know like Mm -hmm. each woman had like a jar like I like I even told her like I'm so a type y'all like I had a color scheme I had a theme I had a a theme scripture all that stuff like that like she had like a letter board that interlocked all our names Mm-hmm. And she like my theme scripture. She had her husband, who's has really good handwriting, to write. It was about the one. Um, Lord Jesus, help me! And if I wouldn't, a royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. You know, for you a royal priesthood. That was our theme scripture. Our color was purple because that's of nobility and, and royalty. And it's like when we started putting stuff together, we were like, oh, the house is kind of bare. Once we start taking stuff down, like she had brought like a runner for the table like pictures and candles and it was just beautiful. Like it was just beautiful. She had like essential oils. Like I ain't tell you that she had a diffuser that had like, <laughs> you know, like lavender. I mean, and the essential oils, they were named like friends and gather and stuff. It was just beautiful and the cabin had a wraparound like a veranda kind of style porch and it had like you know rocking chairs and so we all we were like sitting out on the porch just rocking with the breeze and then Saturday morning we all got up and it was we were in our pajamas and um we were we had our blankets and we just all sat out on the porch and it was lightly raining and we started praying i mean it was wonderful like i mean i i mean it was it blew my mind i could not have dreamed of it being better than that like it was what i thought of and more and I'm so excited. I was so excited. And, you know, we actually, as a group of ladies, had decided maybe we should do this quarterly. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> Every three months, that ain't nothing No, I think wrong. it would be good. I'll tell you the thing that it did do, um, the thing that, that it did do for me, uh, just seeing pre put this together, is it, it kind of thought, because I know she's been looking at, she's a person that's really been going after trying to figure out yeah. her space. You yeah. know what I mean? She's yeah. super smart, um, really talented, and has had, you know, different types of careers and she's just been trying to find her her niche which is it's inspiring to me because a lot of times we just kind of what is it called I forget the the quote but basically in a nutshell it's like men live people live lives of like desperate ah, I ain't gonna say it because I can't remember it Mm. but basically we settle for just getting by Mm. and um I know that it is difficult to confront uh, not be, not being fulfilled in a job mm. or in a place because that means you got to like deal with the disappointment of, hey, man, I've gone to school. I've done all these things and I'm not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. But once you rip off that Band-Aid and you go through it, then you can open your eyes and find out what really, you know, where you really want to be. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's really cool. And I look at, at her as an example of if you just keep on fighting and pushing through it, that you'll kind of find something that aligns with it and not just in a worldly way. Mm-hmm. She's found a way to glorify God mm-hmm. and do something that she's got a talent for, mm-hmm. a really good talent for, yeah. and something she can monetize and you know, something she enjoys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't hope for anything better, but I, and I do want to have a conversation with her at some time because I wonder if she can remember back about the the battle that it took to get there. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you could feel like that was the hardship as opposed to mm-hmm. that was you like fighting and standing yeah. up. You know. Yeah. But anyway. Something that she did that was, and we can move on from here, but something she did was kind of like, it was a surprise to me. So to know me is to know I'm a control freak. And to say the very least, you know, and so when she offered uh, to, yeah, sorry, guys, I got distracted. But uh, when she offered to um, plan, plan this for me, I had an internal struggle because I'm like, okay, I I got this. But, you know, I prayed about it and I, I could tell I could feel the spirit telling me, like, you know, there's no reason for you to say no without being selfish. I also spoke to Melvin about it and he pretty much t- told me exactly what I what the spirit had told me too that like it'd be good for you to relinquish some of that um because you'll you know you don't want to be stressed out going up there and it, and it was true. And so she she surprised us all. She ended up having all of our husbands write letters to us. And her idea was which she wasn't, it, it didn't end up happening exactly like this, but she wanted us to, she wanted to put them, put the notes. She had decorated the envelopes really nice with our names on it and stuff like that, real pretty. And she wanted to put the envelopes where we were going to be sleeping so we could read the letters when we went to sleep. Um, but it, some of the ladies came a little bit late and so we hadn't, you know, decided where we were going to sleep and she had to go. And so she, she explained what happened and what the, what our husbands had did. And we all just read our letters, 
you know, just when we got the chance. And I mean, we were all like shocked. And it was so funny because as we were praying later on that night, we were praying as a group and pretty much all of us kind of were praying the same prayer in some instances about our husbands because when we all read y'all's letters, whatever, because I only read mine, okay? I didn't read nobody else. I didn't ask nobody really what they, they husband said and what. But apparently, whatever y'all put in these letters convicted us all because we were like, you know, we're so critical of our husbands and we're so this and we're so that. And it's like they look at us and affirm us. And it's like, we feel so bad and convicted. <laughs> like, I was like, and it was funny because I, I actually had to call Melvin and apologize because while we're out and stuff, we're at dinner at the beautiful lake. We're out on the patio eating Cajun seafood. And I get a phone call from our daughter's after school program. And I look at the time and I'm like, the only reason they could be calling me is because they're about to close and Melvin is not there. And so I, I don't even answer the phone. I just call you and you like, well, I'm going, I'm going. And I'm like, everything falls apart when I'm not there. And then I go and read your letter and I'm like, you little, I mean, but it was a beautiful letter. Beautiful. Yeah. But I mean, it is true. Everything does fall apart. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, um, while while you were gone, it gave me some time to be able to hang out with the girls. And, man, I, I've been really, really busy at work. I was telling you today that I was feeling like, you know, just my energy level just going down, just feeling drained. Um, yesterday, got home and went to get to Kimberly had already gone. And her parents bought Farah and Fallon a swing set for yeah for like backyard. a play set this huge play set yeah and so i had to go pick it up and maneuver it in the uh suv and um took a couple trips and this thing's super heavy so um <laughs> yeah it it was uh it it drained me to say the least i'm not a i don't do a whole lot of physical activity unfortunately but um i was definitely tired and then at work i've just been having a lot of uh just last minute meetings and a bunch of just craziness, you know what I mean? Mm. But um, it was definitely very enjoyable to spend some time with the girls and just hang out and just play, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's just really what we did. We didn't go anywhere. I had planned to go and do all these big things, take them, uh, you know, just go do a bunch of stuff. But really, we just ended up sitting around and playing all day, running around, playing hide and go seek, playing whatever you know what i mean and it was fun i enjoyed it um but yeah that was that's been my my week man it's been more a lot of uh budget stuff and a lot of just yeah planning sounds fun yeah i told him because melvin see this is this is why we opposites like opposites attract OK, because I'm the type of person, if I have PTO, I'm taking my PTO. I actually schedule out my PTO. Like I look at my year and I say, OK, I'm a, it's time for me to take some time off. I need to take a week off here. I normally take a week off for my birthday and blah, blah, blah. I normally take the week off for our anniversary. Melvin, he he just has like an enormous amount of hours of PTO and I just don't get that. My <laughs> sister does that too. Like she be having a whole bunch of PTO. I never have nothing to roll over. 
Uh, you don't. I don't. All. Yeah, I don't. It's it's not smart. It's not smart at all. But I, I'm always there's sometimes taking time off gives me more anxiety than anything else because I I feel like I'm gonna come back and it's just gonna be which is not the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. everything goes on uh, just like it should, and everything don't break down. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what my biggest anxiety when I take time off? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna forget my passwords to log back in. You're That's a, it. You're crazy. <laughs> That's it. I'm like, what's my password for my computer again? I don't know. But anyway, so I guess we can get on into what we wanted to come on here and talk about. And today we're going to talk about a hot topic and um, a sad hot topic. But we are going to talk about the the murder of Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, definitely a sad thing. I think there's two takes on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have, you know, just the hip hop community, and actually beyond that, you know, I've seen everybody. There's not been a channel that I've turned on, a video that I've watched where yeah. somebody had, whether it's ESPN, CNN. whether it's yeah, it's been everywhere, ABC. everywhere, and and not just reporting on the death, but saying like rest in peace, and you know, in a way that I've not heard it done for for a hip-hop artist mm-hmm. and especially an that's underground true. type of guy that's you know true. what i mean that's true because i mean he's been the man you know mm-hmm. what i mean but uh he's he until recently he's kind of been underground you yeah. know um i can't say that i was just a, a avid listener of his music but what i did like about him was the way that he looked at at business and he approached his career uh by being you know, really independent and uh, reinvesting in in the community. Yeah, um, that that buy the block mentality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even when he got murdered, it was in front of a store, in front, front of his strip mall. Yeah, and he had, he had bought that strip mall, and he had bought some other property all around there, and was getting ready to open up uh, affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is a guy who say what you want about his past and even his present. He was definitely trying to undo any of the the damage that he could have participated in or done right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but then there's this other look and especially you know with this being a uh, spiritually based podcast you know a lot of the religious community or spiritual community may say something different you know what i mean say you know this you reap what you sow and you i've seen some of that kind yeah, of stuff. It, I have to. Um and that's kind of what I what I I wanted to to look at it at is um you know really not not judging people based on just the outside. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like and I'm trying to like I I feel passionate about about this I guess area. Um I worked in I I've there's been time I'm judgmental anyway, but I used to be very judgmental, um, even though I come from a a very sketchy past, um, selling drugs, all the things that that someone would look down on somebody for, um, and I can't honestly say that that made me not want to look down on on that type of thing myself. Mm-hmm. But the thing that happened was really at a young age, I started working in 
child, child and family services. And so I got to work with these kids and I got to see really the impact, even though I lived it and I, I, I should know, but the impact that the environment has on people mm-hmm. and how, you know, it's easy to say from my vantage point, hey, don't join gangs. Don't do this. Don't do that. But you don't know what people's situation is and you don't know what you would do in the same situation. Um, but, you know, it, it with, I'll, we can go into it more later, but um, yeah, it just makes me think of it from a different point and and like I said we can dig in a little bit but yeah and so I guess for the people explain to people who Nipsey Hussle is so I'm sure most people already know anybody listening to this video well actually maybe not (laughs) Um, so Nipsey Hussle (laughs) he's a a rapper from uh California Los Angeles Mm -hmm. um he's also a gang member he's a crip and uh he you know He's what, maybe in his 30s? He was 33. 33? Okay, yeah, 33. And especially recently, he had uh, really been pivotal in in bringing a lot of people together in L.A., doing videos with uh, people from, from rival gangs, intentionally wearing, like, red and different colors, just bringing a, like getting people focused in on more of a, you know, more of a sense of what those gangs were initially started in, started as, um, or, or at least maybe not the official gang, but the group of friends or the group of people that got together for a bigger purpose, whether it was protection or whatever it was, getting people back to the benefits that can come from a collection of, of people, you know what I mean? Um, and he had, uh, I watched this interview with this guy. Um, he's like a, a, a he was a, a big member in, uh, the Crips in Los Angeles. I don't know what set, but, uh, I think his name is big U. And he was talking about, you know, he mentioned Nipsey Hussle. He was like, man, he is, he has had a big movement in getting these young guys to, to, kill the violence you know what i'm saying Mm. to start to come together and start to think more in terms of empowerment putting back into your neighborhood so you know just a young guy really that had figured it out after a while and and was doing something with the money that he made and the, the fame that he acquired and he was putting it back into the neighborhood and it was a good look because nobody could say that he was it is different than me going and doing that, right? Mm-hmm. This is a guy who is certified and still carries himself not like a square. Um, he still is authentically himself, but has kicked open doors mm-hmm. that other people wouldn't have been able to because mm-hmm. he is he has been his own man, his own boss. Yeah. So some of the stuff that he, because I know we talk about like what he did in the community. So just, I mean. And very big businessman, though. Like, it was like when you look at him, he had tattoos all over him, gang member. But on the flip side, he was heavily into cryptocurrency. He um, was independent. And I think he just had signed with Atlantic to do his 
real like CD, not a mixtape, but his real CD victory lap, which he got Grammy nominated for. And he had a clothing store, clothing line, had bought out the pretty much was buying up the uh, strip at that the strip mall. So he could ha have just like a basic needs store. He had a restaurant and it was all like people in the community. He was like very big at like having people in the community work there. So he was creating jobs. Then he had like a, a co-working space and for people who don't know what a co-working space is so let's say you're like an entrepreneur a business owner or you're somebody that works mobily you can have a space to go and you have you can work there you know what I'm saying you don't have to have an office or anything like that don't have to be at home and then even if you're like a student a kid you can go there and you can work you know what I'm saying yeah. And um, did he have anything else? Yeah, I mean, he, he was like, in a I lot mean, of stuff. I they can go and look, look all yeah, that he stuff just was, up. He just give y'all some background. He just was in a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, he did a lot. And, you know, to that point, if you were to look at him, you would not see any depth. And uh, digging into just that, the idea of being in a gang. Mm. Uh, from our standpoint, we could see that as just a, you know, you just a gang. Like, to in in California for sure this is just like this is life mm -hmm. you know what i mean even if you are not in a gang you are still going to be affiliated like um i remember this guy i went to church with when i was in college he played football and he went to the nfl and um you know and this guy's a you know a spiritual guy but you know they were asking him hey what gang are you in what just because of the neighborhood he was from so you grow up with that influence and if you are not a baller or uh or a musician or something like that, then it could be very difficult for you to even get get around. And I was listening to some uh, different interviews. I've listened to him over the time. I listened to this guy named Monster Cody. He's a now this guy is a, a a very bad thug type of dude. But if you listen to people like this talk, um, he started talking about like what made him get into this, and he was like, you know it you either feel powerless or you get power. And this is coming from a situation where power is not readily um, instilled in us. Like a mm -hmm. sense of worth and a sense of power is not readily instilled in, in us. And if you live in a situation where you feel beat down and powerless in your everyday life, uh, which a lot of people do in this world, but I mean, as an African-American, I can definitely say that I felt powerless a lot of times. Um, getting Luckily, I had people who instilled a sense of self-worth and power in me that was outside of what the world could, could offer me. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, if you don't have a sense of, of worth and power, even if you're not doing it for protection, that can seem very enticing. And these guys get in this junk when they're like 9, 10, 11. I mean, they're jumping off the porch early. Mm -hmm. And so this becomes ingrained in them in, in a life. And it's really easy from our our standpoint or from the outside looking in to pass judgment on them. But like they are just like everybody else. God is working on them from the day that they're born mm -hmm. to get them to a place that that he can work on that he can make his move yeah and unfortunately sometimes people get snatched out you know too early we don't never know but we have to look at those type of people as, like that's a sad situation man it's not another 
thug going off the street, even if he had never made this turnaround, he still is a a ball would have been a ball of potential in God's eyes. And I think as as spiritual community, you know, we got to stop looking at 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 people like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We got to look at even if it's in a even if you're going to like uh, preach to people or share with people, if you're coming from a vantage point of like, let me pull this slovenly horrible person up out of their slovenly horribleness, then you're not going to be very effective. Like that's not how God comes to us. God mm-hmm. comes to us and he looks at us like we are a ball of potential. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I don't know, man, working in that environment, it really helped me to see first off how, how these things are made, even the dude that killed Nipsey Hussle. Mm-hmm. And this guy was a, that's two lives that are taken. Mm-hmm. That guy was a ball of potential. And if somebody would have reached him at the right time, who knows what he could have became. Yeah. I was really surprised that, and and, and, and I didn't dig deep into it because I, I've mentioned before that I'm like sensitive to stuff like this. But I guess like there was like a, like a well-known like pastor um, from Atlanta. It's a black woman and her and her husband pastor a church and um, somebody um, she had put up like in her Insta stories, like, you know, this is, I don't know him, but this is just so sad to hear how he was killed and to hear the background about him is like, and she said, you know, prayers for the family and, and for him. And then somebody responded to her story, like, well, his music did not glorify God. You're you're confusing. You're being confusing, Madam Pastor. She then, in turn, basically like screenshot that and put it up on Instagram. Did not block out the girls whoever whoever sent it to it. Did not block out the name. And, you know, of course, people were like outraged because, you know, like for one bit, you know, it's still a life loss. Mm-hmm. They're still, uh, uh, I mean, he wasn't married, but he did have, you know, a girlfriend. And now she's gone. I mean, now he's gone from her. They have children. He, there's children that don't have a father now. There, he was a son. He was a, you know, a friend, you know, a business partner. He impacted people. And now, and it wasn't like he had been sick for a while. This was like, I mean, they was expecting him to come home. Right. And so, of course, there was outrage. But on the flip side, in on the flip side, like, yes, what that person said, I don't agree with that. But on the flip side, I didn't agree with what the pastor did because it's like, you know, you have a following that goes hard in the paint for you and you put this girl name out. And I was just curious. I went and looked at the girl's profile and I wasn't going to uh, comment. I mean, I'm I'm not that type of person. I just was curious. I was like, I wonder if anybody made a comment on her page. And do you know people were calling her an idiot? People were calling her like stupid. And I'm like, these are the very, like you're breeding that same type of hate that you said that you wish people wouldn't do towards him. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. No, I do. I think it's a, the internet is a, is a weird world, man. The internet is a weird world because we, I know good people. 
who say some of the craziest stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, we, it's almost like we feel like it's, you know how they say, like you, you have like your church self and your mm-hmm. work self or your home self or mm-hmm. your, now we got our internet self. And it's mm. almost as though those, like, it's like this avatar that can jump around and do all of anything it wants to do. And we don't have to worry about the consequences. Like there's no consequences of that. When the scriptures say like, you're going to have to give an account for every, um, you know, every, what is it? Foul word you say or whatever it is. But like, we got to give account for all of those things. And I got a lot to give account for, for my real life, man. That's why I don't get, I don't really get online like that, man. If it wasn't for the podcast and that kind of stuff, I just don't really like doing the social media thing because of that, because I know myself Mm. and I'm very opinionated and I will go, like, I don't mind going back and forth at all. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) that's true, you know, and, but it's not, you end up saying something to somebody that you would never say in front of their face, not out of fear or anything like that, but out of just being a decent human being. Mm-hmm. Like I consider myself at least somewhat of a decent human being. And I, I, and I would, I try to see the best in people, but sometimes when I get online, it's just like another, like, I don't mind saying whatever, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now, and, and I see that a lot and we got to watch, that's something we got to check. You know what I mean? Whether it's talking about, politicians i don't know how many idiots that donald trump done been and how many idiots barack obama done been and this is by people who are good people like i know these people you know bible saying nobody good but i mean decent people man Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know but if you were to look at their posts online you're like man what in the world type of person is this and it goes all the way back to um I don't know, man. We just have a, we just, it, we talked about it before, like that, take the plank out of your own eye yeah. before you start looking at the speck in somebody else's. And that goes, it, that's, that is no truer words have ever been etched. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because that could save you from a lot of, a lot of, a lot of issues. Yeah. You said something that I like, I, I, I really say this in my head. I'm like, I have to give an account for myself. And I got a lot to give an account for. I can't even be worried about what y'all got to get give account for. I mean, I mean, just let's just be let's just be real honest, okay? And like I said, I do not agree with the comment, the initial comment that his music did not glorify God and stuff like that. Because here, what makes him any different from Paul in the Bible? Right. I mean, Paul was out here actively killing Christians, like the leading leader of it, the Pharisee of the Pharisee. And God brought him the lowliest of the low, actually said, I will show him how much he will have to suffer for my kingdom. Yeah. Like, so what makes this guy any different from and, and, and on top of that? We don't know where he was in his spiritual life. I mean, we I mean, I didn't listen to his music. Let, let, let's just, I mean, like, let's just be honest. I didn't listen to his music. I knew him more so through his affiliations with uh just different celebrities and stuff. Um, but is it any of our business to be it, 
you know, this is somebody who's passed away. So, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you, you can only take in what somebody puts out there for you, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you can't let one thing characterize a person completely, but you can only take out what they what they put out. Mm-hmm. To me, it appears that he was a person that was on the path to make great changes. Mm. You know what I mean? And he was a person that as he became aware or convinced about certain things, he was quick to pivot. Okay. Right? And we we don't ever know how fast or how slow somebody may be getting something or not. But the thing that it does kind of scream to me is, like, at the end of the day, he is gone. Yeah. And there's nothing we can do about any of that. Mm-hmm. But there is something we can do about our loved ones and us mm-hmm. and the decisions we make and the things that we have to do. Because no matter what your intentions may be, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You know what I mean? You don't know what tomorrow holds. You may have all these plans like tomorrow, I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell this person I love them. I'm going to do whatever. And tomorrow might not come, man. Mm. You don't ever know what's going to happen. And so you have to be all the more uh, eager to, like it convicts me, especially listening to the messages that we've heard here lately um, about, you know, being evangelistic and taking advantage of like being mission minded as a mm. Christian, you know, it bo- for me, it boils back down to what am I eagerly trying to change in my life, first off, and then whose life am I trying to p- impact? How many people do I know that I'll say, oh, I call them tomorrow? I call them this other time. You know what I mean? Tomorrow may not even come for yeah. somebody. Yeah. And then that, that opportunity is gone. You can't go back. Um, and that's what this tells like, what if, what if somebody would have met Nipsey Hussle, knowing the, the fiber that he was made out of, mm-hmm. say what you want, man. This dude was a go-getter. Mm-hmm. And he was someone who, re, who was very sensitive to being convicted. Because, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. because he, he, he acted, he put, he spent money, he put money out there because he was convicted to make a change on something. Now, what if somebody would have met him 10 years ago mm. and started planting seeds? Now, maybe someone did. I don't know. But what if What if I? What if I would have met him mm-hmm. and would have been able to talk to him? Or what if somebody else, that person who left that message? Like, it's another Nipsey Hussle out here yeah. that don't have to go through all the pain that Nipsey Hussle had to go through to get to a point of redemption um that that person what in the time that you type in that whatever you could go out and try to save the world continue what he's doing Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i like listen man i i'm a christian i have not made nearly the impact that 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 guy does that guy is outwardly focused Mm -hmm. he got every reason in the world he had every reason in the world to be selfish and internally focused you grow up all your life poor and now you like boom man go live your life go be in sandro pay go do whatever you want to do don't be in the middle of the hood where you can get shot yeah you see what i'm saying yeah like this guy that's what if yeah. What if? How many more people? I guarantee you, he's forever changed people's life. You see yeah. it. Yeah. You, you really see do. It. If what if earlier? 
What if somebody and there's somebody else out there that's just like him that's got just as much, uh, you know, vigor and, you know, willpower and drive and is just as sensitive to to uh, conviction as uh, to being convicted as he was, that if you can get them right now, maybe you can stop before another powerful agent of change is taken off the world. You said something that was really good. You were like uh, saying how like as a Christian, like it should make you really reflect on your own life. And, you know, just to let y'all know that we've been like getting a series of like uh, messages at our church where that's talking about your God given purpose, seeking and saving the lost and, and really like reaching out to people. And, you know, we as Christians can get slapped, can get saved and think it's just the exclusive Christian club. You know what I'm saying? And we can forget that, like, just like we were snatched from the depths of hell, we need to help other people get out too. Continue. My thoughts were just like, you know, man, this guy was so impactful. Like, you know, and he's just a year younger than me. You know, like, am I having impact on my community? You know, now I'm not another Nipsey Hustle. I'm a Kimberly. And, you know, am I doing all that's in my power to make a difference in the people around me? You know, it's not like he had like any special privilege or anything like that. Like I was even seeing like, even when he, his first like mixtape, he sold those things out of his trunk for a hundred dollars and sold a hundred of them. The point I'm trying to make was that he's not like, he wasn't privileged. You know what I'm saying? It was like, if he does it, then anybody can do it. That's a good way to kind of move on this uh, conversation. Apart from him being gone, which is very sad, what can we draw inspiration from, from this young man? And I think, like you said, just like we can draw inspiration from Pre, you know, being somebody who is willing to fight and claw to get to where you're supposed to be, like going after your dreams, don't make excuses and just push. This is not a pull yourself up by your bootstraps speech, but it really is, though. I look at my my life, I think about the amount of people who have, even in my family, uh, who, I mean, we come from the projects, you know what I mean? I'm I'm one generation out. Uh, my parents kept me out of that. I mean, we still was broke, but the one thing I'm very grateful for is that my parents really raised me to, to, to see the barriers that were put up against me, like to see life for what it was. They definitely, my mom definitely used to tell me, you got to work twice as hard as a young black man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have listeners of all races and, that, and everybody don't have to have that conversation. Yeah. But that's something that I grew up learning. But at no point in time was I ever allowed to make excuses. Mm. Um, today in America, forget in America, today in this world, we can do whatever we want to do. Now, it ain't fair because me doing whatever I want to do may be way easier than you doing whatever you want to do just because of the circumstances that I was born with, whether it be race or socioeconomically or whatever else. Mm. It may be way easier for me, 
But as long as you got breath in your body, you can do whatever you want to do. Because at the end of the day, the determining factor between success and failure is your willingness to drive and to push through adversity. Um, And again, this is not a I'm taking into consideration all of the obstacles. I'm I understand those things. You know what I mean? I'm taking into consideration all of the obstacles that come as a woman in the world Mm. or as a black man in the world or as a person from, you know, the rural south or whatever. Name it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? We all have varying degrees of barriers that we have to fight through. But the, the determining factor still always goes down to who is willing to push and work harder because there are people who got it on a silver spoon and who are failures. Like they never, they never take the, 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 like the parable of the talents. They don't take those things and multiply them. Yeah. And that, that's something that, that we can draw from, from somebody like Nipsey Hussle, I think, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, man, you, you know, tears and, and the condolences and the rest in peace, that's really shortchanging somebody's impact. Mm. Like he, he's his, the impact he had was never going to be limited to his life. You know what I mean? That yeah. what he did in his life was he he never was going to see the full impact that he had. Yeah. We can draw that. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know for myself, and we can wrap it up. But you know, I did pray for him his soul and his family because and that is something that I do if it's Joe Blow my my friend co-worker you know what I'm saying like because you know I try not to put myself and I'm not perfect in it you know and I'm not saying that as a Christian I don't have my judgmental moments but I really really try to focus on not putting myself in God's seat my heart really goes out to just the people he left behind because, you know, nobody wants to lose a loved one. But one of the things being a nurse and having, having had the experience on more than one occasion to see people leave this earth. um, It is a let it's a better pill to swallow if it's like a disease that has been going on for a while because you have at least had time to accept that what the end thing is going to happen when it's like a car accident or a motorcycle circle uh cycle accident or you know anything like that that's just off the rip it's traumatic you know, and you automatically have to deal with the fact that whoever is left behind, whether it be a significant other, a parent, a sibling, a friend, children, it's going to be an even longer road for them. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, I, I mean, I had a sorority sister whose husband left one day going to work on a motorcycle, got in a bad accident. And they were left, she was left with two little ones under four, you know, and, you know, my heart always aches as a, as a woman, you know what I'm saying? And, um, cause you never know, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's where it, 
the conversation really has to stop because it's like when you start speculating and judging and all this stuff like that, you cross the line of being God. And like you said, you know, we have the Bible, we have what we believe in. It's, it is what it is, but the back and forth, like what I told you on that social media, like I just thought that was. Yeah. Well, those things are not, are not helpful and they're not productive. Yes. Um, at the end of the day, you can learn from people's, th- th- there are very clear lessons that we can take from situations like this. That and it, I have two scriptures that I want to read. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> First off is uh, James chapter 4, 13 through 17. It says, come now you who say T- today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. And then another scripture is Matthew six thirty three through 34. Uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And, you know, those two scriptures I read both give two examples of two of the tomorrow isn't promised, so therefore, Mm -hmm. right? Tomorrow isn't promised, so therefore do what you need to do today. You know, talk to the people you need to talk to today. Do the the right things that you need to do today because we don't know if tomorrow is going to be here, not just for us, but for whoever it is that we are dealing with. Yeah. Um, Say, apologize to that brother or sister who you don't know if they'll be here tomorrow. You know what I mean? Rectify relationships, do what you need to do to like be humble, man. If tomorrow, if you were getting into it with your wife or husband or whoever, and you knew tomorrow they were going to be dead, you would, there would be no amount of pride that would keep you from rectifying it. No amount of pride. You would break down every piece. It would, break you down and you would do whatever you could just to have one more word. My dad is suffering from early onset dementia. I don't know what I would not give in terms of time, money, other than, you know, the obvious things. I don't know what I would not give to have just a coherent conversation with him and just share like deeply with him like spiritual conversations and just dig in with him. Like what would I wouldn't give to tell him I love him and him really to understand what I'm saying. Mm. You know, for him to spend time with my kids. What I wouldn't give. And then the other part of scripture Tomorrow isn't promised, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. Such a powerful lesson on the flip side is we spend our time 
so worried about tomorrow that we forget to live today. You know, so worried about how we're going to take care of this or that or the other. And I'm good for this. I can get so busy thinking about what I got to get done that I can, you know, allow time with my kids to pass. Mm. I have to watch it. And I do. I do watch it. But it's something I got to watch. Lock myself up and not not pay it. You know, we got to think about those things, man. And if other than the inspiration we can take from Nipsey Hussle, uh, life, we can also take, um, we, sh- we can also take lessons from his death. I- and if nothing else, that life is short and we don't know what tomorrow holds. And I think really in a nutshell, that's, that's really just it, man. It's very sad. It's very, it's a bummer. It stinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that it doesn't lead to more deaths. But for us as Christians and as, as whether you're Christian or not, man, as the only way you, you've got to take something from this and learn from it because you may not be a bullet or something like that, but it's, we still on the same thing. This breath is, could be my last. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Mm I'm sorry, guys, if this was a heavy one. I mean, y'all are hear me say this many, many times. Like, I have to really monitor, like, how much of, like, this stuff that I, t- like, I say take into my spirit because, like, I'm really sensitive to this stuff. Like, it'll get me down if I don't watch it. That's why I monitor how much news I watch. Um... I can't get around it, but, you know, this really just, you know, really, it really shocked me because I was seeing, like Melvin said, where, like, he was really, like, making that pivot. And, you know, and just seeing, like, you know, hearing that, like, the very next day he was going to go sit with LAPD, you know, to talk about, like, the community and, and, and violence and stuff. And that happened the day before. And it was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? But it really has, I think you hit the nail on the head with the reflection of like, what, what, now what shall we do? You know? Mm. So I do, I do apologize if this was kind of a bummer, you know, if, if anybody, you know, knew what we were talking about, or even if this was a new subject for you. So, all right, guys. Well, that's all we got. That's all we can handle. That's all I can handle. That's all we can handle. And so, um, maybe next week will be more chipper. But anywho, again, you've been listening to your hostess with the mostest, Kim, and your trusty wingman, Melvin. Hey, hey, hey. See, look at you. You see, I be, you see how he tried to check me at the beginning? Okay. And anyways, but guys, go ahead and do us a favor. Uh, do us a favor and follow us. Um, on our social media, you know, we're very active on our social media platforms. Of course, our podcast, you can find us on iTunes and Google Plus. And we are the Soul Sense Podcast on Instagram. We're the Soul Sense Podcast as well as on Facebook. On Twitter, we are Soul Sense Pod, 
P-O-D. And if you really like us, just go ahead and subscribe to our email list up on soulsenseministries.com. And again, thank y'all for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Peace.